We live in a day where our church is in a crisis. The hardships, the pressures of life, so many are finding the alternative to quit. Many who have been walking this walk for a long time, some have found it's just too much to go on. The devil has infiltrated at many angles of our church and tells us to give up. But this morning I've come to you here in this symposium of worship to encourage you as we go into these last days on earth to press on. Press on. And I will give you some ingredients from the word of God and the spirit of prophecy, which I believe in the spirit of prophecy and the word of God that will help us navigate our paths through these last days here on earth. I believe one thing that you must have in your life to press on, the first thing I believe is that you must, you must have prayer. If you're not praying, you're playing. You cannot make it without prayer. It's an individual thing that sometimes the devil knows that's the only thing you have that connects you with the heavenly host. And he wakes you up in the morning and you find that you got to rush out the door to get here and you got to do this and do that. And before you know it, you're discombobulated and the time is gone you have not prayed. And he knows that's the only ammunition you have. That's the only weapon. That's your armor is prayer. I love what Ellen White says there in Signs of the Times. She said, the church may be composed of those who are poor and uneducated, but, I love that conjunction, if they have learned of Christ, the science of what? The science of prayer. The church will have power. To move the arm of the omnipotent. If you want to move God's arm, you don't move him by how much money you put in the offering plate. You're not going to move him by how much degree you have and how pretty you look. It's how long you've been on your knees that causes God to move. Daniel had an experience in his prayer life where he was wondering what was happening. He was praying. He said, Lord, you said you're going to come and make this thing happen here with my people. And it's been years. You said at the end of this 70 years, we're going to be back where we came from. But I can't get this prayer through. And Daniel was fasting and fasting. And he finally heard from this angel who left the throne of, of heaven. And bursting down, he came down to Daniel and said, then he said to me, this was Gabriel, fear not, Daniel. I like to stand there for a minute because so many of us who are going through this life, we are in, we are petrified. The devil has got us so that we're fearing him. I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't have enough money for retirement. My check may stop. Will my health make it through? 
But God is saying, no matter what I've called you to do, wherever I placed you, fear not. Your ministry may be from the bed of sickness. Your, may, your ministry may be from, from the aisles of, of poverty. Your, your ministry is wherever God have you, and that's your assignment. And don't ever quit that assignment until God calls you on. Say, fear not, Daniel, for, for, the, for the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God. Your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Be careful what you speak, because your word moves the heavenly host. And your words move demonic angels. If you speak against what God has already ordained for your life, Satan has the authority to take over. If you speak against, I've seen people up there in Florida Hospital where I serve them, some of them who the doctors already know that they, they are healed, but they speak themselves back into sickness. They say, oh, this is not going to work. I, I, I still got this. I still feel that. And this is not. And before you know it, they speak the thing that God had already given them. They have denounced the healing and they spoke themselves back into sickness. If you're going to speak anything, speak hope, speak life. That's what God's listening to, and he, he binds forces with you when you do that. It says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. This is Gabriel. But Michael, do you know Michael today? That's our great fighting soldier. Anytime you see the name Michael, that means Jesus has put his armor on, and he's about to have a warfare with the devil. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me for I was left there with the kings of Persia. He said, but Gabriel said, for 21 days, I was on my way to give you the message, Daniel. But I couldn't get it. I got held up in the atmosphere. And there in the atmosphere, they was battling about the principalities of could this thing actually work? Could the promise that God had already said going to happen and the angels that stand there, the demonic angels, they bring up all type of things about your past. They say, why are you going to bless him? He was an adulterer. Why are you going to do this for her? She lied then. But the angels of God remind them that the blood of Jesus has set us free. The king of Persia, that was the demonic Satanic covering for that area. Do you know, it's just like anywhere you go, the, the city, they have someone, a representative for your county. They have someone for the city. And someone's over, oversee different parts of Tallahassee. But the same thing about your home. You can choose who will be the authority of your home. Sometimes you have... The invisible demonic forces ruling your house because you have let them in sometimes through television. Sometimes you have let them, them in over because in your home is so much negative speaking against one another. And you wonder how come there's no peace in my house because the joy of the Lord has left because we have constantly talked against each other, arguing and fussing and cussing some Adventists. 
We watch things and we listen to stuff and, and the Spirit of God has to move out. And, and in that home, you have, you have given authority for the king of Persia to rule over your house. But you can speak life. And what, what, whatever you speak into your home, you speak peace, regardless of what devil has come in your home, I promise you before you get home today, you can be set free. You want a happy home, have a praying home. It says, steps to Christ, the darkness of the evil one encloses those who neglect to pray. The ones who get through hardships are those who put God in everything that they do. See, when darkness come around, it's because you have opened that door for darkness. And Satan, he takes residence in places where there's no hope. My second one is press on with what? Oh, I love faith. It says, never mistake God's silence for his absence. Never mistake God's silence. When Moses was called before the presence of God, he was sitting there on Mount Sinai for six days before God said a word. God's silence. It was this time last year that you were in the midst of Hurricane Irma. And she had knocked your lights out. You had no electricity. And it was silence in your home. And do you know some people are very weary in silence because they don't know how to speak to God And sometimes God had to knock out all your lights, turn off all your television, turn off all the radio. The only one you can talk to is him. He said, okay, you can't, you got to have something. When you get in the car, the radio's blasting. You get home, run to the television, this is on, microwave and everything. He said, oh, it's, it's just too much. He said, I need silence. And sometimes when you don't hear God, in your silence, sometimes you think it's absent. It's a difference in God's silence and his absence. When he moved his blessings from you, that means there, there's no hope. But as long as he's there, sometimes he lets you stay in that certain place because he'll sign you there. And sometimes it takes that, that days and sometimes months to just get you acclimated to what he's about to do in your life. And on that seventh day, he called Moses to come on up. Sometimes God has to leave you in certain places of your life before he can move you. He has to, he has to put your, your future on, on, on pause to tip away at your character. Because if he knew, if he let you go to the next level, you'll realize that the next level, there's a bigger devil. Sometimes you say, Lord, oh, I want more money. I want more this. I want to get another promotion. I want all this. But have you, have you met the will of God where you are? So his silence gives you the opportunity to speak with him. 
For the pastor says in Steps to Christ, page 97, we may have no remarkable evidence at the time that the face of our Redeemer is bending over us in compassion and love. But this is even so. It may in your darkest days when you're hurting there, you, you don't hear his voice. And she said, you may not have no, no light coming like an angel coming in your room. But he says, I'm there. On your job, it may be horrible. You may get the worst boss in Tallahassee. But God said, I'm there. You may be in, the, in your school system and you have the worst kids to deal with. You may be in a situation at home and say, oh, God, can I get any worse? But he said, I'm there. You may not have a remarkable experience about him coming through. But he said, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Press on anyhow. Don't give up because the spirit of God is still with you. He said, the Lord is a refuge. For the oppressed, a stronghold in the time of trouble. Can you say amen? He said, I'm here. I got this. While you're trying to figure it out, I already worked it out. See, I just need you in my presence. See, in God's presence is where he delivered his promise. But a lot of times we're trying to get the promise. And we're working so hard to get education, trying to get this, put money on this, and trying to get the promise. But we forgot that to get the promise from God is to be in his presence. I can deliver you. The Lord said, I'm a refuge for the oppressed. Not one those who said, I love Jesus. You should never have those days when you, you feel like you can't not make it. So many that I found that I travel around, suicide has rapidly moved even through the church. Some have given up. It says too much. I've seen those who seen when the when the stock market was going wicked and wild and didn't know what to do. They, they, they said, I can't go no further. I don't know if I can go any further because I don't have enough money to move forward. I've seen older people who whose who money seemed like it was funny and they said, I don't think I can live with this little bit of money in my last days. But God said, I will take care of you. Press on, children. Some have, have given up on their kids and said, oh, they're not going to come back to church. But you never quit praying because somebody prayed for you. Somebody prayed for you and prayers never die. That's why sometimes when you're not praying, it's the prayers of your grandmama, your grandmother, your uncle, who prayed over you while you're in the crib. And those prayers, God is still answering and faithful to the prayers of those who loved you when you were unlovable. And God has kept you in spite of. And you press on. How do I know this from my own testimony? My organization, Feed Our Children Ministries, when I started this some 30 years ago, we were called from the, the school system said, would you feed the migrant families? These are the people who work in the fields and, and have to live on little dimes and nickels. There's hundreds of them. But I thought it was just a few that would come out to feeding. But I said, Lord, I'll do what you say do. 
You know, you got to learn sometimes not to always have everything in place to do what God called you to do. Sometimes the budget will not fit what God called you to do. Sometimes it, 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 you may not have the qualification, but if God told you, he will qualify you to do it. So I said, Lord, you said do it. If you came out there and I thought it about 100 people would show up. But when we got done, there was, there was hundreds that came. And those who were standing around me said, you might want to close this down. Because you don't want no panicking out here because you might not run out of food. You run out of turkeys. And I said, Lord, what do I do? God spoke to me. He said, if it's my will, it's my bill. <laughs> I love the way he, he said, it's my will, Moses, it's my bill. Don't you remember that I fed 5,000 with, with the fish and the loaves of bread? You know I can take care of 800 people. Those who were standing around me was, because the media was coming out and they were saying, you're going to be on television. I said, well, I don't care now because I know my God has already given me assurance. He's got it. When God tells you it's going to be all right, you don't have to stress no more. You're too blessed to stress. I told him, I said, it's, if, if God said it, I believe it. And that settles it for me. I told him, I say, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. That's why I don't worry about things when God says it's his. When he gave it to me, I don't worry about it no more. I will never be put out of my house because God is the one put me in the house. I will never run out because it's, he, he, says, he said I can never exhaust him. He's inexhaustible. As long as I put everything in his hands, I don't care the outcome. I say I know it's a sovereign God who's ruling over earth and heaven and he's ruling over my situation. And when we were done, there was, this is the way God, when he shows up, he shows out. There was enough food left to feed even another hundred. There was leftovers. God shows up and he shows out and he reminds the devil that he is still the boss. My next one is to press on. It's press on with confidence. I love this text because it helped me through many of my days. And this is one that I, I've always learned because it has that, 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 that cockiness in it. I love God when he, he, he talks his authority. And says, who is he that says? In other words, who got the nerve? Who is it that says, and it comes to pass? When the Lord commanded it not. Who, who told you that you couldn't make it? Who told you you were too old? Who told you you didn't have enough money? Who, who told you you could never get that job? Who told you? So many of you have believed it. That, that, that's what the, the thing is asking. Who is it that said to you that you couldn't do this because of what your, your ethnicity? Who said you couldn't, couldn't have, have, have the best position in Tallahassee? The Bible says, when I commanded, he said, it's so. 
I don't care how many doors I shut in your face. If God said it, it settles it for me. So while you're trying to figure it out, God already worked it out. So you have to have confidence. Sometimes they won't give you the loan. But if you know God is in it, like Romans 8, 28 says what? You know, you Adventist, you better know your Bible. <laughs> Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. That means all things work together for good. So if you speak to me, that's good. If you don't speak to me, that's still good. If they give me the loan, that's good. If they don't give it to me, that's good because it's going to work out for my good. If you tell the truth on me, that's good. And if you lie on me, that's good because God will get in it and he'll work all that stuff, that mess, and he'll take a mess and he'll make a miracle. So don't you worry about what people say or don't say about you. You just do the will of God and he'll do the rest and press on. I love this coming from, from the Lord. And those who are trying to do anything, I want you to make sure you understand this passage coming from Desire of Ages. It says, if we consent, if we do what? He will, in, he will so identify himself with your thoughts and aims. He said, if, if you consent, whatever you're trying to accomplish in your life right now, whatever you're trying to do, Whatever's on your bucket list, it may be that house that you, you wanted, it may be that finances, maybe that, that job, whatever it is. He says, if, if your thoughts is trying to do better, he says, I want to partner with you. So blend your heart and, and mind into conformity to his will that when obeying him, we shall be carrying out our own impulses. Mm, I love that. He said, by, by connecting with God, he said, Lord, here's my plan. And sometimes he left at, at our plans. Because sometimes our plans are so, so watered down. I, I used to pray those little prayers. I used to pray, Lord, help me through the night. Lord, get me through. And that's what he was doing. Then I looked at some of my other ones who were not in my denomination, and they were praying these big old prayers. I said, now, Lord, they can get these. I should do it too. So I stopped bringing my teaspoon, and I started rolling up my wheelbarrow in the presence of God. And when I started doing that, because I was wondering before I was traveling, I said, Lord, I don't know why I'm not going anywhere. And the Lord asked me, he said, do you have your passport? See, I was asking God about going all around the world, and I didn't even have my passport. See, a lot of times you're asking God to do something for you, but you haven't did your part. He said, I can't, I can't move until you move in faith and with confidence until when I got my passport a week later, they were called to go to Ethiopia. My passport started getting stamped every, all the time. I said, Lord! It's all it took. Sometimes the reason why you're not where you are 
supposed to be because you have that little thing that's blocking the blessing. Check your, your blessing blockers. God said, if you partner with me, your, your whole attitude and the things that you do will be like just doing a natural day. The natural things you do will become like your own impulse. Don't you want to be like Jesus? Live like him. Press on in spite of your circumstances. I love this text. It comes through. And it says, the devil wants to get us out of here, but we're going to say <laughs> This text comes up. It says, when you go through deep waters, oh, my God. I know some of you feel like you're drowning this morning. This is for you. It says, when you feel like you're going through deep waters, your marriage may be on, on the rocks this morning. And you feel like you're going down. But sometimes God allows you to go down and reach the very bottom. So when you get there, you find that he is the rock at the bottom. He said, I will be with you wherever you are. I will be with you to don't give up. Press on. Little girl was walking home from school. And as she was walking home from school, she from church school, she was invited by one of the church members to take her home. She was nothing but 14. And instead of taking her home, he went a different route. And in that route, she found herself in a peculiar situation. See, everybody who say they love the Lord really don't live a life according to God's will. And some, even in high places, have deviant thoughts and they act those things out when they get an opportunity. And she thought that he was, he was, it was a safe place, but it wasn't. And in that place that he took her, she, be, she found out a few months later that she got pregnant. Standing through there, her twin sister looked at her because her, her mother, her parents had already died. And she was living with her older sisters. And they said, we can't have no baby. We bar- we're borrowing just to keep you here. They gave her an alternative. She said, we know somebody who can take care of this for you. And on her way down to that place, she heard the voice of God speaking. Let the baby live. Oh, won't God be with you? Then she heard a text come through. She said, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He said, I got this. And if you let the child live, I will be that child's daddy. Based on that, because she loved the Lord, even though she was just a little girl, she went back home and told her sisters, she said, I, I want to keep my baby. They told her, I'm going to give you an alternative. When you have that child, you had to leave it in the hospital. Or you both had to stay out because we can't keep both of y'all here. She was a praying girl, and when she was in the hospital, as she had the baby, she said, Doctor, I can't keep my baby, but do you know anybody who would take my baby? The doctor said, I don't want nothing to do with this. That's y'all's situation. And as he was walking out the door, it was like an epiphany came over him. See, God will move in. When he said, I'll work it out, he's always shifting things. Alan White says he has a thousand ways that you know not of to fix your situation. 
he spoke to that doctor and reminded him of a, of a good Christian couple. And he said, okay, I'll see. I'll call this couple. And they called the couple. They said, we got a little child here, and I'm only going to call you. Because a mother wants the child to be in a home. They came down to the hospital. When they came down to the hospital, the Spirit of God moved upon them, and they took this little baby in their hand. And God spoke to them and said, we will name this baby who's been abandoned, standing here, Moses, Samuel, Brown. And here I stand to you today. Isn't yeah. God good? <laughs> Press on. He took a mess like me. And the devil would tell me that I was worthless. So how can you be anything? You've been like a bastard, baby. You have nothing. You're nothing. But God told me to press on. Press on. And when I was going to Forest Lake Academy, the Lord just told me, he said, I got plans for you, but you got to change your ways. I put my hands in God's. When I put my hands in his, and I let go and let God, I begin to press on in the places that I never thought I would be. He said, I'll take you around the world. And when I end up in all these different countries, I said, Lord, how did I get here? A little country boy from Plant City. But God will open mighty doors for you when you put your hands in his. I had to learn to forgive. I began so rebellious because I thought that everybody that was involved lied to me and hated me. And the Lord just took my mind and he said, you got to move forward. You got to get out of this dungeon. And some of you may be in this church today in the dungeon of mental anguish. But set yourself free and put your hands in God. And he will give you the hope that you need this morning. For when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound. And time shall be no more. I want to see all of you there. Some of you may have felt like giving up. But on that great getting up morning, it said we will rise from the dead. I'm going to see my mother there. I'm going to see both of them. Oh, on that great getting up morning, those who we miss, we will see them and we put our arms around them. And the hope that we have lived throughout these ages will come to fruition. For we will be with Jesus. I want to see Jesus, don't you? They said when we arise from those graves, those of us who leave this place, because some of them may have to leave before the end of time. They said, but when we, a twinkle of an eye, we will change. We will even look different. I will look better than I'm looking now. <laughs> and I will, they said, we will grow. Not only we will change in our, in our phenotype, but we will change in our height. We will go to the original height that we're supposed to be. I knew I was supposed to be 14 feet. <laughs> but we will grow. When we come out of the grave, all of us will sin, will not have no taint on us. We'll look like God wants us to look like. We'll be with Him for eternity. So tell it, has the seven day Adventist church. May I encourage you, no matter where you are in your life today, don't give up. Don't let down, but press on, press on, press on.